Hey there, podcast listener. Steven here from the podcast you're currently listening to. You ever heard a podcast and think, I can do that? Well, maybe you can, or maybe you can't, or maybe I can help you get started with it. Hosting is the most expensive cost you'll have in a podcast, and that's why Anchor by Spotify is the easiest way to make a podcast. Really, they have everything you need all in one place. Anchor has tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. With Anchor's hosting, you can distribute your podcast to other listening platforms like Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and a whole lot more. And if you think you can do a better job than I, record a podcast right now. There's very low risk involved. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. And best of all, Anchor is free. Download the Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started today. Welcome to the Lazy Geeks Network. What you what you want? What you what you want? Welcome, welcome, everybody, to the Lazy Geeks Podcast here on the Lazy Geeks Network. I'm your host, Stephen Vargas. Adam Riley over here, y'all. That's right, Adam Riley in the house. <laughs> Get high! Get high! <laughs> and this is our weekly news podcast that discusses news of the past week. And this is the one for the week of July 17th, 2016. You know, we're, we're officially halfway through the year. Mm-hmm. Yes, we are. That just—I mean, good because this year kind of blows. Um, Don't we say I, that every year? Um, be yeah, honest. but yeah, but this year seems to be seems to be more. This year, it, usually it blows because something happens in our lives. But I think this year just blows in America. Like <laughs> yeah. it's just—it's a horrible election year with two people that really suck. Right. You know, let's let's be honest. And if you think one of them doesn't suck, stop fooling yourself. <laughs> if you think they, one of them they, doesn't suck, you're part of the problem. <laughs> they both suck. And then oh, we yeah. have all the all this violence going on and all this arguing and just like, ugh. Yeah, we're not the land of the free. We're the land of confusion. It's it's just, land of the bullshit. <laughs> and you know, and then we got like good people dying. It's just like, it's just yeah. fucking blows, dude. Uh, what was it? Um, the new guy from uh, um, the Daily Show was sitting there going, "With the if the, seriously, these are the two people we have to choose from. Can't we just suspend the election for this year?" <laughs> like it was, a, it was a meme I saw. It said, "I think I think America, America should uh, skip skip electing a president and just be single and find itself." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I've seen that one too. Where it's like, "It's not you, it's me." Right. I think we just need to stay single another year and, you know, see how I, mean, it I was there. I was talking about because my wife, you know, she's she's very empathetic, you know, and she's she's watching uh, the news. And I said, first of all, don't watch the news. Read it. Okay. I've always said that, you know, 
you watch the news and you get caught up in the fucking propaganda of it. You don't know what to fucking believe. Um, 9-11 was not such a... <laughs> <laughs> if, so, you, if you really want, if you want straight facts, just watch YouTube documentaries. That's all you need to do. That's where the truth lies. Well, I was talking to her and she's <laughs> like, you know, all this is going on. And she brought up 9-11. I said, why are you bringing up 9-11? And she's like, well, they were talking about it on the news. And I'm like, you know what? I'm going to say something. That would probably piss off a lot of people. Who fucking cares anymore? Like, not about 9-11, but, but about the details of why it happened. Yeah. Like, we are... Whatever... She asked me, are we at war with someone? I said, no. We're, everyone... It's a pretty, pretty much everyone versus terrorism. Yeah. And it's... And because there, there was a news show. I can't remember what channel I was watching. Probably Fox. Let's be honest. <laughs> they said that, you know, they're these terrorist groups are out to start World War III. And I'm like, how can you have a World War III when no countries are involved? Right. It, it's just a, it's a friend, it's a fanatical group and they suck. But people don't realize that it's all, it's, it's not like people are acting like there's some country called ISIS land <laughs> and they're sending. By the way, that's like, the new, uh, that's the new theme land in Disneyland. Right. That's uh, a horrible trip to Disney. Um, <laughs> And they're sending troops to come. That's not what's happening. You know what I mean? And the, the constant, we have all these people like, oh, fuck America. I'm going to join ISIS. They're all citizens that do that. Yeah. You know? And, and then they, and then they're, they're the ones that end up like, oh, fuck, I was wrong. This wasn't a cool idea. <laughs> right. You know? And, and yeah, I, I get, you know, sometimes they say, well, America's, you know, fucked up in a lot of ways, whatever. It's because they don't know any better. Like, yeah, we have arguments and, and, you know, we we can't agree on who should use what bathroom and stupid shit like that. Let them go live in fucking the countries where ISIS is praised for a couple of months well, and see of, how they enjoy that. One of the things that, that I, I've always had an issue with, and this is just kind of where we're at, is, you know, the fact of the matter is, is that we are in a society right now that just that that doesn't think that doesn't think for themselves they can't form their own opinion and this is and i'm talking you know liberal and conservative is that you have people that are stuck on these talking points and that are taught that if someone disagrees with your talking point whether it's actually a viable reason or simply an alternative reason for not liking it they're either they they favor the terrorists they're homophobic they're racist they're they're just some name regardless of why they actually disagree with you is that you know like like last week you know uh we talked about the whole lazy diversity in comic books where instead of creating new characters for a new generation of people we're taking old ones and then replacing them with teenage younger multicultural whatever and you know so like with that viewpoint and i've heard this before on other ones where if somebody says well i think that's just lazy like i don't like it because oh you don't like that so that means you're a racist and and it doesn't it doesn't take into account why i'm against it it just takes out oh you don't like it so you have to be one of these things that they've told me that if you're against it, it you have to be right and it's just like you know nobody yeah, it's like for themselves everybody has to, to pick it you have to pick a team. Yeah. You know, and that's not how the world works. Yeah, like, no. you, you can't, there is called center of the road. You can believe in part of one and part of the other. 
you know, I mean, Team Marvel all the way, but, you know, it's, <laughs> <laughs> but no, it's like, you know, there are, there is mid-ground. You can have, you can be conservative for a lot of things and have liberal view uh, and liberal stances on some and vice versa. You can be liberal on some and conservative in others. You may say like, you know what? I don't care. Like gay people get married, whatever. I don't care. Yeah, but I do think we should be, you know, we should have a, a, a good military in case, you know, shit gets real. You know, we have right. somebody then the dudes that, you know, hang out at the police station to defend us, you know, that kind of thing. Or yeah, you know what? I do believe in, in a world in a, uh, world commerce and things like that and uh, all of that, but I do believe I should have the right to protect myself. That you can have those views, but now it's like you either can't have, you have to have one or the other. You can't have them both. And yeah, it's it's you can't. Ha it's just uh, <laughs> you just this whole pick and team shit. You can't do that because and, and you know no one's being constructive. You know Obama. Who I, no. <laughs> Twilight. What? Twilight, because that was the first film that had people picking Team Edward or, or um, Team Jacob. After you that, what? fell apart. It all makes sense. It's all connected. Watch my conspiracy YouTube channel. That's uh, <laughs> Twilight <laughs> conspiracy. You can catch me at www. <laughs> Fuckthemedia.com. Right. And dot info. <laughs> but speaking, speaking of the media... They don't help. Oh God, no! You know, and and it's it's a mixture of the media and just how stupid people are because they'll turn on the news. I don't care who it is; it could be CNN, Fox News, MSNBC, whatever. They need ratings. Oh yeah. So whenever something bad, there was a shooting today again. Mm -hmm. You know, and I I noticed the news. Um, no, this was kind of odd because usually the news is really quick to tell me what the color of the shooter was unless unless it's a person of color right in this instance because it was a white it was we don't know we, we don't know i think i haven't just, looked at it since this, we're since just, this morning because i think like one of the cops was black one cop was white um but they're 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 usually in in instances like this they don't throw it out there very quickly because this is the one that's the one time the media tries to play it safe you know but they're quick to throw around oh it's a terrorist attack or we you know we uh under yeah. terrorist attack it's, that's fine but when it's like oh is it going to be a is it going to be a black person okay let's, let's hold see. on until we got confirmation on that a missouri man ambushed and killed three law officers he was also an ex-military too i think they said i just want to see if they say See the, oh, police or Long, who was African American, was a former, and it always says that Long, comma, who yeah. was African American, <laughs> comma, like. To me, that's irrelevant. Right, yeah. like I know they have to say it. No, I know they're going to say it because it's a description of the person, but the way that it's always worded in a way where it's so important in the paragraph. Because they're trying to push that. Yeah, we're still in this. It's black on cop right thing, you know that's what i'm saying the media is it, it makes everything worse like well, what cracks me up is especially when you have these type of things and then cnn always within that week has to have town meeting blacks of you know race is there a race war in america and, blah, 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 blah. and you know it's a psycho and oh of course and you're gonna get you're gonna stack the deck with people that are pro cop 
or or, or pro, you know, uh, I don't know what to, I don't know what the other side would be, you know, anti-cop, I guess. Um, and you're going to stack the deck like that. You have, and that's the problem. Like everybody, and that's the, the image that's being perpetuated is basically is that everybody either is one side or the other when those few are the ones that get the screen time. It's like when you see like, and this was always my, my, uh, my favorite thing. Every time in the Midwest, when there was a tornado, they picked the white trash. Always Billy, Billy Bob Huckabee or something. Right. That can't articulate a single sentence you know and is also missing a few teeth you know or you know it, it's always that person you never see a traditional midwestern regular person just like you know our house yeah it's like it came like a freight train we ran down so you know like nah it was like a you know a fra- a, it sounded like a train, it was you, know like a train. Really, you know what's funny is it's really the media's fault why people have stereotypes about people in other states oh of course like, like I've been, so I've been to uh, Kentucky. I thought you were going to say, I've been that stereotype. <laughs> <laughs> no, I've been to Kentucky before. And before I went, I, I was current, I hadn't moved to Arizona yet. I was, I was living in Massachusetts. And of course, I'm in Massachusetts. So everything I see with Kentucky attached to it is the most redneck hillbilly shit you've ever could believe. <laughs> so on the, on the way, I'm thinking like, I'm going to see, like, cousins, fucking cousins. You know, I was young, you know, and I was like, that's just what I was told. Normal place. Right. There wasn't, I mean, yeah, there were a few people that look like they live in the hills. Yeah. But but they but do honestly, live, like, in the hills. Like Right, but know. honestly, like, why are those people, They just because they live that way doesn't mean they're stupid, too. Like, it's just stereotypes are dumb. But you just have, um, and the stereotypes from where I'm from, too. Oh, hell yeah. Massachusetts. Every time I see anything... That has anything to do with Massachusetts. In, Tom, Tom Brady is a living legend. Right. <laughs> or fucking, they're always like drunk or just I'm like, what the fuck? Or you always yeah. hear this Irish, Irish jig going on in the background. Suddenly it's a scene from The Departed, you know. <laughs> There's Italians there too, I promise. <laughs> you know. Well, it was also like uh, North Carolina where it was like, oh, you're going to the south. It's like, oh, you know, and. Mm-hmm. And I and I and I went to North Carolina, South Carolina, Georgia, and you know what? They were the nicest group of people I've ever met. You know, yep. it's like you know they came, they're like you know expect them to like see me, you know, being Hispanic or something like that, and you know whatever. Making they're all like, oh hey, where are you from? Um, from California. Oh, that's great. It must be di- so different coming out here. And they're just like the nicest group of people. I'm like, you know, for a state that considers itself progressive. We are a bunch of assholes, <laughs> you know. And it's, That's the thing. It's always you always find the opposite when you go. Like people, and and Steve's lived in California his whole life, but people outside of California, like even when I was in Massachusetts or living here in Arizona, they think California is this fucking like heavenly wonderland hmm. that everyone is just super beautiful and everything. When you get there, it's just a normal fucking place. There's nothing like, yeah, okay, of course, Los Angeles is special for a couple of things. But, you know, just like any other city is special for That's a couple all. of things. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, you, you also have negatives, just like any other place. And well, it's just funny how the news just perpetuates. And they do that, too. Like, when I see something from California, it's always a fucking 
valley girl or like a bro, you know, and, right. and it just it has to be that stereotype person. Exactly. And when you see anything from California where it's like supposed to be especially L.A., it's always over the hill. And when I mean over the hill, L.A. County is very if for those of you that have never been here before, it's quite large. Half the population resides in an area called the valley, which is over the hill. Um, That's where I live. Yeah, where I currently reside. And uh, if you've ever heard of like the Northridge earthquake or anything like that, that's the valley. Over the hill, you have Hollywood, downtown L.A., and, and, and all of that, Beverly Hills. And every time they show L.A., that's the side that they show. However, in the movies, they sh- the exterior shots of all of those areas like Beverly Hills or Hollywood or Sunset, all of that. But the indoors are all shot in the valley because that's where the studios are. <laughs> Right. So, you know, so the thing, the funny thing when I live there and I'm, and I'm just going to be honest, I'm trying to quietly, porn. and a lot of porn I'm, is here. right. I'm trying to quietly eat my dinner in between uh, talking because <laughs> I haven't eaten all day. Um, when I moved to LA, I did, you know, you can't help but have stereotypes until they're proven wrong. The, the key is, is to, to, to realize the key is it's a stereotype. <laughs> right. Like the, the key is like, it's a stereotype. Let's see if it's true. Not say it's fucking true. You know what I mean? So when I got there, I thought everybody was going to be an airhead and fucking, you know, full of themselves and shit like that. Do you find people like that in L.A.? Of course you do. I find people like that in Phoenix. But the Valley especially is just normal fucking people. There's there's, there's nothing weird about the Valley now. It's, it's, it's Over the hill. Well, it's <laughs> it funny. could get a little strange. You find people that... Like if they're in the valley, they they it's like going, oh well, it's actually over the hill. It's like ugh, they don't want to go over there. And the people on over the hill are like, oh, it's in the valley. Fuck it, I'm not gonna go. You know, it's just there. There is that divide. And keep in mind, there's like, what was it? Like six million people that reside in LA County. Half of that population resides in the valley. Mm-hmm. And so yeah, the valley's really dense. Yeah. Um. It's all fucking. 500 square foot apartment buildings and shit, you know. <laughs> and hot Latina chicks sitting, standing by the bus stop of what Adam oh said last God. week. <laughs> Do, let me. Give him context before we say There is one stereotype that if you don't know about, it's true. Okay. <laughs> we were, we, we drove in last time we did the show and recorded it. Was it last, last time? Last week. Yeah, it was last week. Yeah. It was so fast. It's like. <laughs> right. I was with, I was with a buddy of mine. And we were driving in, and and we were about to get off the freeway. And I was like, dude, get ready, because it's still daytime. And you're going to see some girls. I want you to crash the car. And he's like, shut up, whatever. Bruh. At least three of them in the 15-minute ride. <laughs> and I'm not talking like, oh, she's kind of cute. I'm talking, you almost crashed the fucking car. Tell and they're it, all... Telenovela cute, you know? <laughs> like, damn. And there was... um. Was what the one chick at the bus stop? So she's just at a bus stop. She's not special in any way. She's just a normal person. I'm sure to her family she's special. Right. I'm sure <laughs> to whoever's fucking her. No, I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> short shorts, fucking. You know, it's hot out, so she's sitting there fanning herself. And she's kind of glistening a little bit. And my friend goes, "Are they filming a movie?" <laughs> and I'm like, "No, it's just how it is." You know. And the thing that I noticed. The thing I noticed in L.A., and it's not everybody, but but it is a trend. I find you'll find more beautiful women in the Latin community than 
the Caucasian community. I don't, that sounds weird. Um, because a lot of LA girls, especially Valley girls that are white, tend to wear way too much makeup. And they all like tend they, to look alike after a while. Right. They just all have the same exact way of dress, the same exact makeup style, and you just get bored. But them Latin chicks, there's something in the water. Because I know the, the Latin chicks are, are poor, so they probably drink that tap water. Yeah. <laughs> it's the fluoride in the tap water. That's, that's right. Keeps you nice and fresh. But uh, but you know what? You know what's funny? It's it's not L.A. It's whenever there's a beach, there's there's pretty people. Yeah. If you, if you're close to a beach, you'll see young, attractive people like Miami, you know anything like that. It's because they're just they're always outside. So are you saying that? Chicks at Arizona aren't that cute. No, because most of them are Latin. See, <laughs> the main pref- the main takeaway from this conversation is Hispanic women are the most beautiful women on the planet. Like it's it's re- retarded. But um, if you're not Hispanic and you happen to be a woman, I apologize. But it's true. <laughs> no, but uh, I don't even know where I was going with that. I just wanted to share that chick that I saw at the bus stop. And you know what? If you happen to be the chick at the bus stop or think you are the chick at the bus stop, send an email to the... (laughs) (laughs) We want to hear from you. And send a picture because Adam has to find out if you are the... Just in case, yeah. I just need to make sure, you know. (laughs) Just for science, really. Right. It's all in the name of science. (laughs) So speaking about everything getting fucking out of control, Pokemon Go, dude. It's taken over the world Jeez, in I, countries that you can play it. Right. right. I mean, I don't know. I mean, sure, there's a lot of you out there. Like, Shut up, man. I just, you know, I'm actually out there right now looking for Pokemon while listening to this podcast. If that's, right. if that's you, fine. Go. You know, you're what? listening to a podcast and playing Pokemon Go. You got about five minutes where that battery dies. <laughs> right. That game drains, drains a fucking battery, man. But. You know, for people that don't play it, like myself, it's out of control, dude. Like, everything in my news feed, you know, either it's people that I know or the news sites that are everything is Pokemon. Like, for some reason, like, it, 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 like, it's Amazon. And, like, at one point in some time in my life, I searched Pokemon. And now it remembers and shows me everything. Excuse me, uh, Steve, do you want to be the very best? Like, no one ever was. <laughs> Um, yeah, so I play, I do play the game, um, but only at work. <laughs> that's because a, a, that's the time you should be playing it. <laughs> well, there's, a, I'll play on breaks and shit, but there's, I really like, I'll play when I'm on break or lunch. I just have my phone out while I'm talking to people because everyone's talking about the games. So there's really nothing else to talk about unless you're playing the fucking game. But you have people at my job that have their phone plugged in 24 seven. They're at their debt. Like productivity is actually noticeably worse at work because everybody's like fucking catching. Noticeably worse. Noticeably <laughs> worse. Like my boss was like, "Why have the the numbers just been kind of bad lately?" I'm like, "Everyone's fucking playing Pokemon. No one's working." And then like, but I had a, I have a friend of mine who's super into the game. Um, he bought a he bought a bike just so he could go out on like Pokemon hunts and shit. And, um. <laughs> And and I want to preface this with the fact that I I I'm not I'm not upset with the game I'm not like I'm happy that everyone's having a good time I think it's kind of cool to see people interacting with each other getting outside the house it's been helping businesses because everyone's out 
you know, so they're spending money and stuff like that. So it's a, I actually was reading something somewhere. I can't remember, but it said it, the economy is actually going up <laughs> because everyone's out spending money. <laughs> um, but he hits me up every weekend now. And he's like, did you catch any Pokemon? You got any Pokemon? Do you want to come up? I'm like, no, I don't play on the weekends. He's like, why not? Why don't you play on the weekends? That's a weird rule. I said, it's not a rule. I just don't think about it when I'm at home. And he's like, well, you play. I'm like, I play at work because that's what everybody's doing. And it's not difficult. I just take the phone and go, oh, look, I got one. You know, and I like to get I like to get the joking around because the three teams and everyone's like, oh, I'm team instinct. I'm team. And it's, you know, fun to talk shit. I just like to talk shit. Let's be honest. Um, but he gets he, people the one get, stereotype for Bostonians. Likes to talk shit. Yeah, yeah, that one I agree with. Um, <laughs> people are actually getting visibly angry with me because I don't play hardcore. I'm doing other things. I'm like, guys, Soylent Green is people. I get it, you know. <laughs> but you know, it's it's just a game, you know. And then I'm like, I got kids. I got to run errands. I got a wife. I can't have Pokemon on all day. I have to use my phone for other shit. You know, and then I also have to do this and that and the other thing. And uh, to be honest, I come home and watch a movie. Right. You know, like I'm or relax or whatever. Like catch I don't a, I'm not catch a Pokemon movie. You know, and, and I, I actually am a Pokemon fan. Like I, I just now because everyone's talking about Pokemon, it reminds me of it. I started uh watch re watching the um the original Pokemon anime and stuff and I like that shit, you know, but I ain't trying to be walking. First of all, it's a hundred. It's a hundred degrees at midnight here. <laughs> I ain't. You ain't gonna catch me on a bike. You got your damn mind. Yeah, you wouldn't catch you on a bike on even if it was like forty degrees outside. That's real talk. <laughs> it's just. It's just people. And there's gonna be stupid people in every group. I see a lot of people going, "Oh, these Pokemon's making people get hit by cars." I mean, that's just stupid people. They just stupid people happen to be doing that at the time. <laughs> <laughs> you know, dumb people are going to be dumb. It's just the way right. it is. But um, there was this one girl. She walked right into traffic, got hit by a car, and then she blamed the game. Of course, because no one takes responsibility. I'm like, what? Like, you're fucking dumbass. It's a because if you guys don't know, and I have, I don't, maybe this one person, the game randomly generates locations for Pokemon. So you're walking around looking for Pokemon. Um. It's kind of funny since I only play at work. I only have like a select few kinds of Pokemon because <laughs> I never go anywhere else. Um, so, you know, sometimes these people walk around just staring at their phone and they're not looking up. I went I went to we had a meeting downtown and um, we were playing. I was walking and seeing what was going on, but I was also looking where I was going. I saw at least three people that almost got hit by a car. Yeah. They were playing the game. They're just staring at their phone, just wandering into traffic. I'm like, what the fuck are you? Like, what is so important to catching imaginary digital Pokemon? I mean, it's just, it's crazy. Like, for those people, those people are dumb. If you're playing the game and you're being legit, you're taking care of what you got to take care of, then whatever, enjoy yourself. You're being responsible, you know. Right. If you're being the the dumbass, you deserve what happens to you. (laughs) Look, there was a dude that walked off a cliff. (laughs) I heard about that. That's like out of a cartoon. Like what if you if you hurt yourself playing a phone game, you you deserved it. Well, There's no other way around that. The way I look at it is if you hurt yourself playing Pokemon, you deserve to die because no one is going to let you live that down. 
Right. So, yeah. I wouldn't. I would fucking ooh. <laughs> I would tell every day of my fucking life until they die. Remember when you walked up the cliff when you were playing Pokemon Go? When you're when they're on their deathbed, you're like, bro, I'll miss you. You know, I'm glad we have this time together. By the way, remember when you fell off that cliff when you were playing Pokemon Go? You Here's the thing, son is, of a bitch. <laughs> <laughs> People are saying that this game's never gonna die. It's it's going to be this popular. It's gonna die. Well. The same company that made this game made a game called Ingress, which was pretty, but not this popular, but it was pretty fucking popular when it came out. And then it kind of died. <laughs> and there's just a niche group of people that play it. That's what's going to happen. It happens to every game. I, people freak out when a Halo comes out, too. But then two months later, they don't care. I remember when everybody you know? was all about Fallout 4. And yeah. I, you don't hear about it as much anymore. Or, you or know. Grand Theft Auto 5 or something yeah. like that. But... I think we will see more of these location-based games. You know, and that's fine. Whatever. But some people are just stupid walking on the private property and shit. You walk on in... I heard somewhere that people are knocking on people's doors saying, you have a Pokemon in your house. Can I come in? Oh, yeah and, yeah. and then I think to myself, but that's not even how the game works. Like, if you see the Pokemon on the screen, you don't have to walk up to it. You yeah. just tap it. Like, I don't know why people are doing that. Because people are or walking into traffic. Like, what are you doing? Like, if you see it, just tap the fucking screen. Like, they built that into the game hmm. so you don't get hurt. <laughs> you know? Hey, people, we're uh, humans. If we find... Okay, I gotta if there, walk to... If there's a way for somebody to hurt themselves, we will find a way. It's not realistic if I don't walk to it, bro. <laughs> Shut the fuck up. <laughs> now, something that does deserve the world's attention and they do mm-hmm. we are now on iHeartRadio. that's right yeah so as of last week well <laughs> as of last week if you go on your iHeartRadio radio app and search the lazy geeks network you will find us on there uh uploaded last week with our most current episode the away team uh home soil and uh, so from here on out, it's going to be there just like all our podcasts are going to uh, YouTube now. So you get to if, if you have, you know, one of those iPhone 16 gigs where you can't download shit. So you got to stream everything. <clears throat> go to YouTube, go to our uh, uh, YouTube dot com slash lazy geeks and find our uh, our podcast on there and stream it there, too. So just so you know, you could have. You could go on your computer and you could stream one episode five times at the same time. Yeah. If you felt so inclined. I mean, that's multitasking and, yeah. you know, more power to you if you can do that. And you ain't going to miss a fucking thing. <laughs> you, may be confu- <laughs> you may be confused on what episode it was from, but, you know, hey. Like, I was listening to it, but I was listening to five simultaneous runs of it at the same time. <laughs> and it just, like. I don't know what happened. <laughs> I was, but you I, became a man. That's what I was listening to like four episodes of the uh, the away team, and I don't remember uh, Jordy going, you know, woo wee in the middle of Time Zero. I, I'm not quite sure where that came in. <laughs> like, well, you obviously weren't paying attention, All right? So, so, so um, next week, San Diego Comic Con. Uh, perfect timing right after the uh, Republican convention. <laughs> we go right into the San Diego Comic-Con. Um, 
And if th for those of you that are going, or those of you that aren't, this might give you something to search eBay about later on, but uh, it's time to wonder what kind of swag bags will be available. And if you have a friend going and you're going to ask them to grab a certain bag for you or pay through the nose on eBay to search out the bag of your choice, um, Warner, Brothers reveal, Warner Brothers Television revealed all the bags that will be available at the con. And these are actually augmented reality bags. So according to CBR, the, um, they will have hidden, quote, secret to, um, secrets on it a scannable interactive augmented reality experience and you'll need the blipper app to unlock the features uh, but i'm sure you probably already do that and uh the and you can see the entire list on the lazygeeks.com uh but uh warner brothers does say that they will have some movie bags available for everything from the suicide squad all the way through fantastic beasts and where to find them um so pretty much every D Warner Brothers show is going to have their own bag. The 100, Arrow, Big Bang Theory, Blind Spot, uh, Legends of Tomorrow, uh, DC Superheroes, the, the um, all-female uh, DC Superheroes cartoon, The Flash, Gotham, iZombie, uh, Lucifer, Supergirl, Supernatural, Teen Titans Go. Um, and Warner, Brothers, Warner Brothers hasn't been playing lately. No. Like, not just with the movies, but they've just really been pushing um, the DC, like, universe. Yeah. Well, it's... In general. Yeah, they, they know what's up. They know what's yeah. up. <laughs> they know quality. I'm going to try to bring it to the masses. That's what it, it's almost like... I really compare it to um, when Moses brought the tablets down. Very similar. Very similar, yeah. But, I mean, I know that's kind of disrespectful because, I mean, it was just two tablets, so it wasn't that important. <laughs> you know? <laughs> We're talking about a lot of books here. You right. know what I mean? Yeah, exactly. All right. So on that note, I think uh, we jump into some headlines. I guess. So in case you've been living under step a rock. Step <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> so in case you've been living under a rock or missed it because of your daily adventures on Pokemon Go... Nintendo is re-releasing the OG Nintendo Entertainment System, or for some of you millennials might know it as the original NES. Well, I should not say re-release because it isn't exactly the same one that was released back in the 80s. It's smaller, real smaller. On Thursday, Nintendo announced that they would release a smaller version of the gaming console, but this one will not take cartridges. It will come with 30 pre-installed games, that, and there is no way to add new games as it's not internet-enabled. Also, it will not come with that old RF connector that you needed to use the old consoles with. Remember those? Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. Jiggle the wire. It's fucked up. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Give me a screwdriver. <laughs> uh, it will come with an HDMI cable and will include the classic rectangular NES gamepad. You can grab a second controller for $9.99 or if you have one of those uh, uh, Wii U wired gamepads or the Wii U remote you can use it to play virtual consoles on that you can use it to play virtual consoles on the Wii and the Wii U. The Verge is reporting that the mini console will provide suspend multiple suspend points. So it takes away the old struggle, the old school struggle of using passwords to play the game from a certain point. Uh, the mini consoles will be released on November 11th for only $59.99. And in case you were wondering what pre-installed games would be, 
here is a list, and it's a great list. Balloon Fight, uh, Bubble Bobble, Castlevania, Castlevania Two, Simon's Quest, mm -hmm. Donkey Kong, Donkey Kong Jr., Double Dragon Two, The mm -hmm. Revenge, Doctor Mario, my favorite, Excite Bike, mm -hmm. Final Fantasy, Galaga, Ghosts and Goblins, uh, Gradius, Ice Climber, Kid Icarus, bitch. That. One of the coldest beats in NES, dude. <laughs> it was so sick. <laughs> Kirby's Adventure, Mario Brothers, Mega Man 2, Metroid, Ninja Gaiden, Pac-Man, Punch-Out, featuring Mr. Dream, Star Topics, Super C, Super Mario Brothers, and Super Mario Brothers 2, 3, Tecmo Bowl, Legends of Zelda, and Zelda 2, The Adventure of Link. Listen, that list is really good, too. It's missing a few of my favorites, but I think I know why. Because like I, at first I was like, "No Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles," but then like maybe there's a you know somebody thing. owns the rights, yeah. Yeah. But um, really great list. I like how they put Zelda two on there, even though it sucks. Or Adventures of Link or whatever, because right. that game was horrible. <laughs> but you got all. They even put Final Fantasy on that bitch. I know. Here's I know. the thing, though. You're seeing people already saying, you know, with a Raspberry Pi, I could uh, build one of these for 30. It's like, yeah, good for you. This one looks like an NES. Right. So it'd be, it's such a bragging right thing. And then you're using like the actual, you know, because they've been articles like I can 3D print something looks like an NES and paint it. Like, oh, my God. OK. <laughs> yeah, if you have the money and all that shit to do it, go for it. I I'm know, sure I someone will fig figure out how to hack that fucking thing and put whatever game they want on it. Yeah, when I um, I posted the article on Twitter and this one dude replied saying, like, I already pre-ordered it because I had to. You know, it was like, take my money. And then, of course, somebody else was like, well, you know, I didn't really do it because it's, it's already pre-installed and there's no way to add new games. And I was like, shut the fuck up. People just love to hate. Dude. They, they do. That's all they do. That's that's every, you know, that's every person, you know. And it's just, I was like, going, yeah, I'm getting this. And I think I found your Christmas gift, by the way. Oh, did you now? <laughs> you know, I agree with everything that's being said. <laughs> we should we should both buy each other one. <laughs> yeah, and send it. <laughs> send it for Christmas gifts. So what, someone, then someone will go, why don't you just keep the one? It's like, because it's a gift. It's a gift, exactly. <laughs> yeah, that thing and is so the, dope. It's the gift that keeps on giving. How many controllers does it come with? It comes with one. And yeah. then they said you can buy another one for 10. Or if you have one of those for... Um, the Wii, it actually connects in the, with the Wii, with the, the because the, the they sell the classic controller for the Wii. You can use that too on that. I was like when I when I saw Double Dragon, I was like, what the fuck, Excite Bike, Kid Icarus. I hated that game. I've rage quit that game so many fucking times. Uh, but I was but like, it was such a good game. It, it it was, and that's the thing. I was like, oh, such a good game. But yeah, I've ra I've rage quit that thing so many fucking times. And then, motherfucking coxing <laughs> throwing the fucking controller. Uh, and then and then the original Metroid. Come on. Classic. Bruh. Bruh. I've beaten Final Fantasy a few times. And that game is brutal. That is like brutal. if you don't set up your team right, you'll get almost to the end and you're fucked. You <laughs> you can't do anything. Like, uh, and this is this is this is one of those games where it's like or this is one of those consoles that like if anybody is, you know, for especially for the kids that have never played games like this, because now you have, you know, respawns and all that, all that shit. These are the shit. It's like, no, no, no. Let's see if you're really a man. Boom. 
<laughs> drop kid Icarus in front of them. <laughs> See how many times they rage. I actually it. had I because I have uh, every NES game on my computer, mm-hmm. so I don't have a controller. Those well, actually, no, I even play with my Xbox One controller. And I had my oldest son in here, and he was like, "What are you playing?" And I think I was playing Maniac Mansion, mm-hmm. fuck it around, in my NES game. And this was a while ago, and he's like, "Well, why does it?" look like that and i go well it's old you know it's an older game they didn't have this was the best when it came out but see i think 1080p (laughs) the young kids now and i've noticed something with all these like indie games coming out that are like super nintendo style graphics and it's retro i've noticed a a better appreciation than my generation because my my generation yeah i i started with nintendo but a lot of people my age or or a little bit just a little bit younger they um they they moved on to the PlayStation the Xbox and it was always about better graphics if it doesn't have the fucking graphics i don't want to play it like that kind of attitude yeah i see that but now with these younger kids like they're all playing Minecraft and shit and i noticed that my my son and my other son and some of my daughters <laughs> um they were playing uh, what were they playing they were playing the Super Mario old school my my son's favorite one was the first one. The second one confused them because mm. it is it's kind of weird. Yeah. I don't know. They they were on acid when they made that game. Still a fun game, um, yeah. and they were they were digging it. So I'm thinking I was thinking about getting a Raspberry Pi and building something. But fuck it, I get this one. Yeah. I, well, that's the thing is is that you know with some of this stuff, I, I you know it, it's like what happens in fashion and stuff like that you know old stuff comes back around again mm-hmm. so it's kind of like oh that's kind of retro it's cool and then it's like when we were like fuck that was the only thing we had now like you can play this for a half hour and then sit around children yeah yeah it's <laughs> like like you know now it's like well shit yeah you could play that for a half hour and then turn around and jump on the new uh call of duty game and you'd be fine but it's like back then no nah, that's all we had right <laughs> And, I mean, and we had no respawn. You fucked up. You had to do it I, all over I was, you know, what's funny is I was sitting downstairs with the kids, and I had hooked up. Um, I forget what game I hooked up. It was on the Xbox One, and they were playing it on the big, uh, fifty-five inch downstairs. And sometimes they'll ask me, especially if the game's new, like they just got it. They're like, "Can we hook it up downstairs?" I'm like, "Yeah, whatever." So I hooked up downstairs, and I was sitting downstairs having a cup of coffee and just kind of watching what they were doing, and. um they're like, save it. And they kept saving, like, constantly. <laughs> and I was like, you know, we didn't get to do that when I was a kid. <laughs> right. They're like, what? And I said, I, and I brought up Final Fantasy VII, and I was like, if you hadn't hit a save point in a while, you were real fucking careful. Because <laughs> <laughs> you could have to fact check. And they looked at me like I was telling them this fucking war story. Like, it was so <laughs> horrible. I said, but the good thing about save points and then I brought up Resident Evil. I said, if you found a lot of ribbons and a typewriter, you know shit was about to get real. <laughs> <laughs> They're all huddled around me. I was telling them fucking let me tell, Let me tell you a story, children. <laughs> In a rocking chair. <laughs> oh, man. Maybe I'll talk now. Maybe. Maybe. You know. Let's um, talk about something different. I'm waiting for things to load. <laughs> uh yeah okay um ign takes forever to load sometimes by the way this article is brought to you by ign um just to show you how big this pokemon Go thing is 
go players now have a new way to find Pokemon Stop or I'm sorry, Pokestop locations as Yelp has added a filter that identifies businesses with nearby Pokestops. According to Yelp's official blog, the company has added a new filter option that is accessible via the Yelp app and on Yelp.com. It's called Pokestop Nearby and can be used when searching for any type of business location. Additionally, Yelp users can identify a business in the vicinity of a Pokeshop by checking into the location and answering a question that will make note of the nearby Pokestop. The filter is currently available in the United States, New Zealand, and Australia for both iOS and Android users. Uh, Pokemon Go began... Oh, fuck you. We all know that. Um, <laughs> I actually like this. The reason I like this is because this is what I was talking about. This game and everybody being entranced by it is is helping businesses. Like, I, I went... McDonald's is going to sign a deal with... Um, like, McDonald's doesn't need money. But just for instance... McDonald's is going to sign a deal with the people that make this game where every McDonald's is going to be like a pokey center, you know, and it's going to have all kinds of shit to do. There's a McDonald's right by my house that I'll go to sometimes. Yeah, you get the kids a happy meal or whatever. And um, there's a pokey stop and a gym right, right by it. Like if you're in the McDonald's, you, you can use those two things. And um, the place is always fucking packed now. Like kids are just in it, but they're buying shit. You know what I mean? They, they get money from their parents or whatever to go buy things. Sure. Probably shouldn't be a McDonald's. Maybe this maybe this example is the best. But it's like that. They, they have uh, – I was downtown Phoenix. They have a lot of bars down there, you know, because of corporate offices. And um, th- I was seeing chalkboards out saying, hey, uh, pokey, pokey stop within the vicinity. Come on in for half-off drinks and shit like that. Like it's crazy. And people do it. They just want a place to sit down, but you can't sit down there for free. Yeah. You spend some fucking money. I was in a strip club the other day. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> and the stripper showed me her Pikachu. <laughs> it's like, I just caught this Pikachu, but I'm trying to peek at you. You understand what I'm talking about? Oh, man. I mean, yeah, I mean, if you can, if, I mean, you can do it. That'll be cool, you know, but, you know, some places are having trouble where they're, you know, people well, are dipping in and getting whatever. Right. And then they did just add uh, the company that makes the game. I can't remember the name of the company because it's not Nintendo. Um, they did just add a thing where you can you can file. Uh, you can either file a ticket to get a Pokestop or poke or Poke Gym or whatever added to to a business because some people they get all their information from the Ingress game. So if you're in a place that didn't have a lot of ingress players when it was popular, you're not going to have shit around you. You know, so now they have the system where you can, hey, you know, make this business a fucking pokey stop so I can do something. But they also have where businesses can say, hey, I am a pokey stop and I don't want to be. You know, because it's obviously some business like a lot of churches are um, are pokey stops because they're popular locations yes you know? i saw also a lot of movie theaters were getting that two people dipping in getting in, and then bailing right and it's it depends on the business if it's if it's a restaurant and and they enforce like if you want to come in here you need to buy something or whatever which restaurants and bars have especially bars have no fucking problem doing right but if it's a church or or yeah. something like that like you have a little respect don't, don't be in there acting like a fucking asshole but you, you know, know most people are yes of course um <laughs> right. there's a there's a picture floating around of a screenshot of someone's phone. He was at Disney World, 
Bruh. <laughs> they hit the screen, there was like a hundred Pokestops, 50 gyms. Like, it was just nuts because everyone had been checking, like, checking into locations in there all the time. And then all all the zoos, like zoos are places where people go now. But the right. cool thing about that, that helps that business because you got to pay to get in there. Mm. You know, so like the Phoenix Zoo has been super. No one ever goes to the Phoenix Zoo in the summer. You're fucking out there getting heat stroke. <laughs> Everyone's going to the Phoenix Zoo now. Even the animals just, are looking at you like, what the fuck are you doing? I, hey, I saw the chimps over there with cell phones. This game is big. <laughs> <laughs> you might get fucked up at the damn zoo and point, point the phone at one of the animals and throw a Pokemon. Oh wait, that's not a Pokemon shit. I thought that was a. I thought that was a manakee. <laughs> like fuck. Oh man. Well, one of the biggest qualities that every Sherlock fan needs to have is patience. It will not be easy, and many times you will need to occupy their. They will need to occupy their time with other shows until the new series is released. But it is every anything but easy. With the fourth series expected to drop next year which is currently filming, fans now have to deal with the fact that this fourth series could be their final series. It is not surprising given two points. One, UK series never seem to go very long, at, and it is one of those series that reboot, unless it's one of those series that reboots the entire cast every two or three series. And two, Benedict Cumberbatch and Martin Freeman are, are in the highest demand possible right now. Executive producer Stephen Moffat admitted to The Telegraph that this could be the end. Uh, we do have two film stars in this in the program. They haven't needed to do these jobs for a very long time. They keep um, they're coming back because they want to. Moffat said, "I'm amazed that we've gotten this far. I thought that once they had become extremely successful, we would only get to do one more series. Given the actor's hectic schedule, it was a surprise to Moffat that they were able to work in another season of the series." Quote, I don't know how long we can keep it going. I'm personally willing, but I'm hardly the main draw. I would be moderately surprised if this was the last time we ever made the show, but it could possibly could be. Moffat did offer a glimmer of hope. That's why I think it's unlikely that we've completely finished it. There would be nothing strange in stopping for a while, and you could go back you could go on forever, coming back every now and again. And that's true. I feel, I feel those two actors do it because they have a passion for the craft, right? Yeah. And I think I think they would want to at least wrap it up and not just stop doing it. You yeah. know what I mean? Make it make sense. Because I mean, for somebody like Martin Freeman, who was actually not necessarily a main draw like he is now. But, you know, he was a steadily working actor. Most the most the biggest film he had before the two biggest films he was in before this was uh, one of the characters in one of the stories for Love Actually. And a Hobbit, too. Well, no, no. I'm talking about before Sherlock. Oh, before. okay. was Love Actually and Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. Right. And after that, I mean, after he got on board uh, Sherlock, then, of course, The Hobbit. He was also in the TV series Fargo, and you know he's done quite a few films since then. And now he's on board the Marvel train, as well as Benedict is for Doctor Strange. But he's not—he's not an incredibly big character in Marvel How, either. At this particular point, but right. it's said to it, according to what Freeman has said, his character is going to evolve into something over the course of. Well, the, of, they um, would be. 
they would be stupid if they didn't utilize that kind of talent. Oh yeah, and I would really like to see his his character pop into Doctor Strange because that would be pretty fucking badass. Um, but in any case, so I mean, now it's just a matter of how long they'll be able to keep their schedule in line because I heard that with all the work that uh, Benedict was doing and Martin Freeman were was doing and. Uh, Stephen Moffat with Doctor Who, it was hard to kind of get the schedules. That's why we've had to wait so long between season three and four. Yeah, those three people are just too, they're just busy, you know, yeah. and, and you got to start cutting cutting projects. Yeah. And the Sherlock, as as great as Sherlock is, it's got to be the, the one making the least amount of money well, out of all of them. I mean, you know, a lot of people, I mean, they said with um, the last, uh, what was it, that special? with Sherlock the Abominable uh, Bride that had the um, the BBC had the biggest um, deal with uh, overseas uh, um, I guess what do you call it? overseas transmissions you know where they were airing it overseas America and all that stuff they said it was the biggest deal they've ever had so it still makes money for them I figured it still makes money because they wouldn't wait for season four right if they weren't making some money on it such a it's such a good show too. Oh yeah, so my wife actually fucking serial watched it when I showed it to her. Oh really? Yeah, and she's <laughs> she's there was a few moments where she kind of would pause it and go, "What what did he say?" It's the English, she, that English accent. It's not the it's some some of the words they use. Like she'll get hung up on them and I'll have to explain it to her like real quick. It's not like you know anything. But yeah, they talk really fast. You know, right. and you know she speaks Spanish and English, so sometimes she gets <laughs> she gets a little tongue tied in her head, like what the fuck. Um, but yeah, it's such a great show. Yeah. It's just it's so good. Yeah, I can't wait to see what season four has. Just, I'm just contemplating life <laughs> and existence. Uh, I'm. I got. You know what? I might as well read it too because it caught my attention. So. There's a meme. <laughs> it says, in 1989, Mario was just a plumber. In 1990, he started a medical practice. That's a problem. A minimum of seven years is required to become an independently practicing doctor. If you or a loved one were ever treated by Dr. Mario, you may be entitled to compensation. All prescriptions all prescriptions, and doctors notes have he has written are fraudulent, and he must be stopped. <laughs> I thought that was funny. And then it says, hashtag woke as fuck. (laughs) (laughs) Remember that meme that I showed you that said, uh, hey, I spent my childhood saving your girlfriend? Yeah. Yeah. And and then at the end, it's like, I think you owe me one. (laughs) All right. So Suicide Squad may set the new record high for August. The upcoming DC film is projected to make upwards of $125 During its debut weekend, how do they, how do they come up with that? That's my question. I'm not exactly, I, I'm not exactly sure, because it's obvious that the movie will do well. That seems a little high. No, dude. This, I think this movie's going to do better than Batman vs Superman. Mm. To be honest with you, because it's funny. People want to see funny, and everyone loves Harley Quinn. And if anyone says they don't, they're secretly jerking off to her fucking comic book at home. <laughs> Everybody loves Harley Quinn. Well, Damn definitely it. not. Not Will Smith is not the draw. When I, I don't know. I'm, I'm not. I'm not big on Will Smith as Deadshot. I don't know. 
that's the only character I'm kind of not sold on. Like, I noticed all It's the- just going to be Will Smith wearing a Deadshot mask. That's all right. it is. Because we've already seen that. Hey, bro, I just was trying to get you all worked up. You know, we're cool, right? It's like, ugh, that's just... And Will Smith is likable and all that, but it's... I don't know. I think the best casting in this in that movie is the women. Not just Harley Quinn, but Katana, Enchantress, Enchantress, Katana. They, they all look amazing. You know what I mean? So I think that's what's going to be the draw. And as much as I love Harley Quinn, I really hope they don't just focus on her. I know she's going to have a big part in it because she's technically the biggest character in the group. Mm-hmm. But... Let's you know. Let's, I've been known to be. Ve- I've been known to be quite vexing. <laughs> you die. <laughs> <laughs> you know, but um, she's basically going to be the comic relief, but also a focal point. Um, anyway, according according to EW, which is Entertainment Weekly for you older people, um, <laughs> Suicide Squad is tracking to make somewhere between a hundred million to 125 million in its first weekend surpassing guardians of the galaxy's prior august record of 94.3 million uh as noted by deadline this would also serve as a record high for will smith surpassing i am legends weekend debut which earned 77.2 million back in 2007 hey say what you want about will smith that i am legend movie was dope i like that movie Mm. you didn't like it no i i like the alternate and uh, the all the director's cut of it I didn't like I just, the original I, theatrical. I just thought he was good in it. Well, I thought he was great in it, but just the movie itself fell apart at the end. Mm-hmm. Suicide Squad is... You know who directs it. It's a fuck. Um, <laughs> I just... I always find it funny when they go, oh, we're projecting the film's going to make... Look, it's obvious that Hollywood tends to be incorrect sometimes at the popularity of the film. Like, I think... I think that this movie is going to be popular. I think it will make somewhere around Marvel level money. Do I think it's going to make a billion dollars? No, but it's it's PG thirteen, so everybody can see it. And well, this is been... op- this is opening weekend they're talking about, right? Exactly, um, exactly. So I I don't think if I'm going to look at it the way from and not I'm not looking at it from a fanboy perspective or anything like that. I'm just looking at the source the source material and all of that. I don't mm-hmm. think it's, I don't think it's going to beat guardians because the way guardians was sold was sold as a space adventure. It was sold like right. star Wars. And I think the direct, cause they've been trying cause they've changed the direction of, of suicide to like the, the way they've been pushing it more comedic and more right. fun, which is what it should be. Right. Um, but because of the fact that it's all villains and stuff like that. Um, I don't know. I think it's going to probably pull in, I would say like 80. It's not, I don't think it's going to be guardians in in the opening weekend. That's just, that's kind of, I don't think it's going to be guardians too, because it's guardians has already established itself. Well, Well, no, this was the first film and the first film was just, we're just comparing the first film. Yeah. Cause that's, that's what they're talking about. It's the guardians. They haven't released the second one yet. Um, I have I have high hopes for this film. I, I think it is going to do well, but I don't know if it's going to be Guardians. I don't think it's going to be Guardians opening weekend. Um, I definitely don't think it's going to be Deadpool numbers. Um, but I think in over, in the long haul, it could be Batman v Superman numbers. If it's yeah. done right, it depends on it depends on how it's put together and what the what 
the the um, the uh, reaction is the, the the audience reaction is to it. One one thing I'm excited about is I was I was reading an article and I couldn't find it again. I was going to bring it up, but um, the director David, uh, how do you pronounce the last name? A- Ayer. Yeah, Ayer. Um, he was director. talking. Right, he was talking about Batman in the film because Batman's going to be in the film a bit. Yeah, and. He said that his goal was to film it from the perspective of the villains, yeah. Of the villains, so Batman looks like a boogeyman, yeah. basically, in in this film. And I like I, that. I, that's I, I interesting. That. Yeah, yeah, because we've we're all so used to Batman being one of the ultimate superheroes. He can, he's can do no wrong, and yes, of course, he's going to be trying to stop villains from doing villainous things. It, it's almost like they're gonna. It sounds like they're gonna look like victims. Yeah. Like they they're gonna be getting beaten up and shit. So you're gonna be like, damn. Well, and makes... if they do that right, though, if they do that in a right way, where we've already connected with the characters in some way, and then Batman comes in to beat them up, and I have a reaction where I go, fuck Batman, like, calm down. Yeah. I'm gonna instantly give the movie an A plus. Right. Like that. That's that would be amazing if you could do that. Yeah, because I, I agree. with When you're doing a movie like this, like Suicide Squad, Batman is is seen differently. You know, he's the boogeyman yeah. to them. And for all of us, he's the he's hero. The bad right. Yeah. And so he's the, the, the antagonist. And so I, I think that's a really, really great way to go. I like to see the execution. I like I do like David Ayer's work because he has done um, quite a few movies that I, that I have liked of his. So... Um, I'm just, I, it just was one of those of like, I just want to see what kind of sandbox he was able to create and, and do. So, you know, we'll, we'll have to see, but I, it, this is one of those movies that I'm excited for. I can't wait for this movie to come out. I really want to see how they did it. I just have, and I'm not trying, I'm not coming from a fanboy point. Um, Preface, which would, usually means you're going to say the most fanboy statement. Ever. No, seriously, no, seriously. It would be easy for me to do so because this, this movie does have, my favorite villain and favorite female comic book character in it at once or renditions of them, you know? So, but being completely objective, just seeing who the director is, uh, the way the marketing has been going, um, the people that they've cast for the film. I have high hopes for it. I feel like all the, all the, all the pieces are, are lined up correctly for this to be a good film. But, and, but, but given, given Warner brother so far, I mean, even with Batman versus Superman, I'm cautiously optimistic. Is is what well, I mean going with it? With me, I mean the term cautiously optimistic. I never use with movies because honestly, I, I don't fucking care. You know, you know what I mean? Like if the movie's great, great. If it's not, okay, I'll watch the next one. <laughs> but it's um, I want I I want this one. This one's important for a couple reasons. One, this is going to be everyone. If there's one thing everybody loved from Batman versus Superman, it was Affleck's Batman. Right. So this is gonna we're gonna see him again. So that's good. Um, Harley Quinn, big deal. I mean, it's gonna be her first live action anything. Right. Well, technically not. It's actually the second. But no one cares about um, Birds of Prey because that show was on for like fucking four episodes. <laughs> but there was a Harley Quinn in that. Um. And yeah, we're looking at the Joker and thinking he's a little odd and stuff like that. Although he does look like um, he does look like Re- the Return of the Dark Knight Joker a bit. Either way, I I I really 
I really want this one to be great. I want this movie to be like, oh my god, I have to buy it. For me, I don't give a fuck if any of you like it. <laughs> I won't like it. You know, I think this movie will be one of those movies too that it will do decent numbers in the theater. Um, if if it doesn't do extremely well, it will do decent. It's not going to flop. I don't think it's going to flop. No. Um, no, I don't think so either. But it's going to do amazing numbers when it comes out on Blu-ray. I think it's almost. I honestly, I think it's almost guaranteed that when it comes out on Blu-ray, it's going to fucking nuts. That's what I think. Because this is definitely a movie that people will. Oh, I didn't see that in the theater. Let me pick that up real quick. Mm-hmm. You know. So that's that's my feeling. And usually I'm right. So mm-hmm. take that any way you want to take it. I'm always right. <laughs> Name one time, I, one prediction on a movie I wasn't right. Uh, Batman versus Superman. What did I predict? You predict it was going to be like, you know, large level like Avengers type of thing, and it didn't really. I never tentacle. said. I never said what country it was. Gonna be large. <laughs> and in China, it blew the fucking water out. So fuck you. You're talking about Warcraft <laughs> is what you're talking about. <laughs> War no Warcraft. I remember talking about where I I said. No, I I was not saying you predicted anything on Warcraft. Right, I was just saying Warcraft, no. When you talked about blowing it out in China, it was actually Warcraft that really blew it out in China. <laughs> uh, All the gold farmers were in there taking notes. That's why. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So on that note, I think uh, that brings us to the end of the headlines. All right, so back this week is the pull list. Yay! Yeah, somebody got to actually read some comics this week. and uh, I'm still not fully caught up. Oh, yeah, speaking of which, uh, last week Adam sort of alluded to the fact that we'd be doing like a rebirth short at some point last week. Um, Yeah, it's going to be next week probably. Uh, And, And honestly, I could do one for this week. But I haven't finished reading all the books. Like I, I've and I, read, and I think that's you need to in order to right. Like I've read most of the main ones and stuff like that. But I want to read all of them and then come at it like, yeah, what's good, you know, and just and talk about all the fucking comics. But you know, whatever. I just want to do it. Do it. Uh, we'll just do it as like almost a. Um, I don't know. And I, I fucking wrap up basically. I was thinking with that, we I would I was thinking that if when we do do that, we could drop it on a Wednesday, being that new comic book day kind of thing. Right. So I thought that might be a cool idea to do. So we'll be we'll be doing that. Um, I've been catching up on all the uh, the uh, rebirth books as well, just so we could have a good discussion on it. Um, but yeah, so why don't we just jump into uh, into your pull list? So my pull list isn't specific issues um, because, like I said, I haven't read all of them yet. Um, but the series or the runs that are really, really caught my eye. Um, and a couple in here, Steve's going to argue with me. <laughs> and he's going to be wrong. <laughs> all right. But no, I'm just kidding. Um, so the first one is Batman. Uh, Batman is really, first of all, epic shit going on in the Batman books. I'm riding a fucking plane and shit, like just crazy shit. And then we're being introduced to kind of some mysterious characters, two, two new heroes, which Gotham and Mrs. Goth- or Lady Goth- Gotham or, or something. Goth- or Gotham girl or something like that. Yeah. The Gotham girl. Yeah. And they have, uh, 
pretty much like Superman-like powers. We haven't really explored it too much, but they can fly and super strength. And they have, uh, they can see through things. Um, and they seem to be super heroic um, and, and on, the, on, the, on the side of good 100%, a little inexperienced. Um, and Batman's kind of on board with getting them to be better. Um, which seems to be, Batman's very focused on making sure everyone else around him is good. Well, what's funny? Now. What's funny though is that when when you read the first issue of of uh, Batman after Rebirth, um, these characters are already kind of part of the whole Detective Comics line. Like right. they're already part of the whole. I'm I I and I've joked about them as being part of the whole new Batman Incorporated kind of characters. So it was kind of weird to be like, okay, so this is how we meet. That's always the one thing, and that's it's it's more particular to DC is that we get these new characters involved and then we kind of get this, oh, this is how they met later on, you know? And, and I don't know. I don't know. That just, it just seems a yeah. little... Just seems I a mean, little right, weird. with the Rebirth thing, I'm kind of giving them a pass on that because that's always kind of pissed me off about DC because you jump around too much. Yeah. And I, But, I mean, they're, that's, they're actively do, trying to do that right now. So I'm like, okay, fine, whatever. Um, that book is really good, though. When Batman was like, he's like, uh, when the Justice League said they were all off world or busy with something else, he's like, tell them I have it. It's my city. It's my city. I was like, Batman, dude. I was like, oh my God, you could almost hear the the swell from the Chris Nolan movies, you know? Right. (laughs) I I love, too, that they're focusing on making um, um, Gordon such a badass. Like, he's back to smoking a pipe, and they're doing like close-in shots where he's cleaning that pipe out while he's saying, you know, like, this is the way it is, kid. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, I love it. He's almost like a, a noir-type character right now, and, and yeah. I really think that's when Gordon's the best. And, and um, I, I think it kind of also encapsulates the the Gary Oldman um, the Gary Oldman from the Nolan uh, Batman movies. His Gordon. Because he kind of was like that, too, you know, where he was just like a little more of the classic cop as opposed to, right. like, you know, the, the Commissioner Gordon that we normally see in the other movies or the TV shows where there's just, you know, big, fat, old cops. <laughs> <laughs> I just thought, I like this Gordon. I like when he's like this, where yeah. he, he has that. It's almost um, it's almost like the, the Nolan Gordon a little yeah. bit, I, I think. He, he's just gritty. He's yeah. seen it all already. You know what I mean? And, and, and I like it. Um, the other book is the, the main Superman run. This book actually has surprised me how much I've liked it. Yeah, it's, um, it's, it's surprised me too. First of all, we have the dynamic of him having a son. Uh, and it got pretty dark in the yeah. first issue. Kind of, the, the boy, basically, um, the, uh, the cat ran off. His, the boy's pet cat went to go get a mouse. And then a hawk came and took the cat. And the boy was like screaming, let him go. And fucking laser eyes happened, but way out of control. Like they actually drew it pretty well. Yeah. And he burnt the shit out of the cat. Yeah. You know, and, and it, as I, well as the bird. <laughs> right. And I fucking, I, I remember I was looking, I was like, fuck, like, you, you felt real emotion. Like you're yeah. like shit. And I love it because, and it was something that I loved about um, the Man of Steel movie is I want that. We can't explore Superman, Clark Kent specifically as a child because it's already happened. But I, I want to explore someone with that level of power 
as a child and trying to get a good beat on. Yeah. I just think that's that's really an untapped story that everyone would be interested in. Um, yeah, I got to admit, I was really taken by surprise with the Superman books. Usually right. Superman books are kind of boring, um, a- as we've discussed in previous shows. <laughs> um, but actually, I was really, really taken with the Superman book because, yeah, for that exact same reason, uh, as I called it, the birth of Superboy. Um, and I, I really, really dug that. And that's and that's also the dynamic crosses over into one of the comics you didn't have on your list action comics uh mm-hmm. because in action comics you have uh lex Luthor and superman fighting doomsday and it keeps cutting back to lois and it's much more of lois integrated in in action comics with the kid because she's revisiting what happened to her to clark before you know with doomsday and she's trying to protect her kid from seeing that in case it goes south again so the way the family is interacted in this which is something i've always hated with batman because i've never liked damien and no just the way they're interacting his with superman and lois i dig it i actually dig it and that's one of the things i liked about superman because you're seeing him as a protected father too you know i like um the, in the first issue when uh I don't know his name. I don't remember it. But Superman and Lois's kid. Yeah, I don't remember either. John. He, John, I think. I think so. I don't know. Um, but he has. A, they have a moment at the dinner table where the kid had is like being a kid and he's complaining about having to keep secrets. Oh right. And the right. parents are calmly telling him like Lois is like we've explained why this is important. And then he yelled and su- close up of Superman's face and he's like, "If you can't have a mature discussion." go to your room now i was like oh shit look at this yeah. motherfucker you know what I mean? it was just it's interesting you know and, and and i think it gives it definitely gives superman a touch of that human side yeah that that he's usually missing and why a lot of people think his books are boring because he he's too good you know yeah. and i think this brings him down to earth a little bit he has a child he has to worry about his wife and stuff like that and i like that that's the focus well one of the things i really like about this book and and you know as you just said you know with the whole why we've disliked superman books is because it's not just solely superman and the villain or what what have you it's superman and his family yeah like batman and wonder woman come into the house late at night to ask questions about the boy you know and stuff like that it looks like it's going to be mostly about the fucking boy, which I think is cool. Yeah. You know, and and of course, you're going to have Clark react not just as Superman, but as a father. And I think that's right. what's going to be a really, really, I think, good thread through here, because now it's like, oh, we're exploring something different about Superman, which now when I look at why they brought, you know, post doomsday Superman back into this fold instead of the younger, inexperienced Superman, I think it kind of creates a new a new narrative dynamic that I think like for me as a, as a reader of somebody who's just like tired of seeing the perfect Superman of always doing the right thing. And then just like, yeah, 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 yeah. We know not everybody's going to see him doing the right thing for the right reason, you know, gets old. So I, I think this is, this would actually, this will actually do well. Right. Now this next one is a, an area of argument. Now I put this on here because it leaves me, hopeful is that i found the new superman is that what they're calling it basically chinese superman um (laughs) it just that's what it is um 
the first issue was campy. It just was. Um, but it leaves questions that I want answered, and I'm interested to, to read the rest of it. And I want to support this book because it's so different, too. It's it's such a different take. Um, first of all, I thought it was just going to be a Chinese super. Like, I thought it was going to be in a different um, universe or something. But it's actually government a government uh, program. Because it's and, China. Everything's um, it's because it's China. Everything's government right. funded there. Right. So they they found out a way to make Pete someone the what they say the right person. But I don't know. No one knows what that means yet. Um, have the powers of Superman. Now they think Superman's dead because he hasn't really officially revealed the the Superman from the other universe hasn't officially revealed himself. And the, that issue when that issue was out, um, so they made a new one. But then you're seeing there's Chinese versions of Batman and Wonder Woman. I like, fucking China always knocking some shit off, <laughs> you know. But it looks interesting. Um, I do want to know why they chose him because in the beginning of the book they firmly set him up as just a bully. Yeah. You know, so I don't know. We'll see. I don't have much to say about that one. That one just kind of piqued my interest. Green Lantern, though. Now, this was another argument. Was an argument? I have, it, you slapped me. No. Um, <laughs> With my dick. <laughs> that was read, out of love. <laughs> right. I haven't read Green Lantern Corp, Corp yet. Um, Corp yet. Uh, Steve says that is a wonderful book and, and surprised him. So I'm definitely going to have to pick that one up. Um, the main run of Green Lanterns has me very curious um, the villain, not so much. I mean, I, I know it's a classic Green Lantern villain, and, and I've noticed that, um, and I can't remember his name. He's the, the, the leader of the Red the Red Lanterns. Um, I know, I see the trend with these Rebirth issues that they're really starting off with some classic villains. Like, they're trying to, at least, with most of the books. Batman's kind of going another way, but um, you have, like, action comics. It's Lex Luthor, Doomsday, you know, villains that everyone knows. Um this one's interesting. We've got two people that are Green Lanterns right now. Hal Jordan's off and the fucking on a space crusade helping with some other shit. And you can read Green Lantern Corps. I'm not going to talk about it because I haven't read it. Um, but these two are interesting because they're two people you have no idea. The reader has no idea why the rings picked them and they don't have any idea why the rings picked them, which is very interesting. This is a dude that was in Guantanamo Bay. Um what it alludes to is he was wrongly convicted of terrorism. Uh, and it does show that his either wife or sister, basically his family is Muslim. Um, and he's, he was angry about that, but the ring just chose him while he was in prison. So that was interesting. Um, but that's a little easier to digest than the girl. So the girl, um, was locked locked herself in her apartment for three years because she had anxiety issues and couldn't leave the house. So you're sitting there going, but she's supposed to control willpower and you're trying to figure out and she struggles with it. You know, like still the struggle's, like she was, the struggle's real. The struggle's real. She was out shopping with her sister at what would look like a Walmart and she was freaking out because she's she has that anxiety of people. And I just think the dynamic of it is so interesting. It's just so different. Because usually you have Hal Jordan. Yeah, he's kind of a crybaby sometimes. But he's super heroic. Like, he dives right into it. He doesn't... Superman, Batman. They never have a problem jumping in. You know, but these people do. 
Like they're they're timid. They don't they don't trust the rings very much. You know, they're constantly asking the rings why. You know what it, what do you do? And they do, Hal Jordan kind of had to leave, so he didn't really explain much to them. Yeah. <laughs> so it's kind of funny. They don't really know what's going on. I think it's. But it's, I've left it, you with some good teachers. Right. Justice League. <laughs> it's interesting to see. It just really is. And there's some Argus, which is uh, basically Waller's fucking crew, mm. um, do not like them. They don't. They call them rookies. They don't. You know, bail out. Whatever. So the villain part of it, I'm kind of whatever. It's it works. It's not. It's not like it's horrible. It's just something forgettable for me. But so far, but I I really like that girl. The I forget her name, but the the one they um, she's just interesting. Like her character is really deep. I was gonna say, and you just think she's cute. She is cute too, you know. <laughs> but I mean, she's also a cartoon, so <laughs> I don't think it would work out. Hey, now I left. Don't judge. I left the. I left the most surprising for last because i never really read this book i've never been into it um is green arrow oh my god that fucking green arrow is blowing my mind right now i'm three issues into it right now and bruh it's just so fucking good the writing is crisp as fuck yeah the artwork by the way the artwork for all these books is great i haven't seen and the writing too even if the story might be like okay but the, the writing is is solid Batman was a little well. Batman's always a little gritty. Yeah, I mean, yes. I, I've kind of, I kind of gave it a pass on that because it is yeah. really that way. But Green Arrow, man, oh, such a good. If you're not reading it, you're fucking up. If you're not <laughs> reading it, like seriously, um, definitely kind of a fall from grace story a little bit. But he's double crossed, and there's a lot of like, like, no, he doesn't quite know what. I've only got through the first two issues. Um, well, the rebirth and the first two. Okay, issues. that's what I was just gonna ask. The rebirth. I don't know. And... I, is the third issue out yet? I don't know. Um, I think the third issue, not quite. I'm not sure. I think I'm caught up on this one. But, um, he's just like, first of all, he's a badass, hundred percent. He's double crossed by people that he loves and and people he thinks that are mentors, fucking want him dead and. And there's this big fucking like terrorist group basically, and he's it's just nuts. There's so much shit going on, and the storytelling is so tight and so fluid that you just no, it's only on get, the second issue. I was just checking. Okay, okay. So you just get pulled in. Like I, I couldn't stop. Like it was. I think it was the only book that I was reading today. That someone came up and tried to say something to me, and I put my finger up to tell him to wait. <laughs> like I had to finish that page first. You know, it was just blows my mind yeah i read uh green era off of rebirth like we both did off of rebirth right. and um it was the introduction of uh uh oliver queen and black canary and i dug it from there like it, it was leading to in a story but i liked the way the relationship was established and just kind of how green arrow was and then issue one and two just completely like blindsided me um i kind of saw where one was going issue one was going with the double cross but then just kind of how what ended up happening at the end of that issue was just like, what the fuck? And then scene with two. So it's it's it really is a solid read. Like it is a really off to a really good start. And, uh, you know, everybody thinks he's dead. And, you know, so I agree with you, too, about how you kind of saw the double cross coming up. But it kind of points out one of my favorite parts of this book. 
is it's written in a way where you really you really feel like you only know what Oliver Queen knows. Yeah, it's definitely you don't know anything extra, yeah. right? And I, it's so well done. Like as soon as he's surprised, you're surprised. You know, you're <laughs> like, what the fuck? You know, so I love that. Like I, I kind of I get that a lot of these stories where we get to know things like Green Lantern was doing it the most out of, out of my list, where you know things that other people don't. Yeah, and that's fine. But I I think I prefer to be with that single character and you you only know what they know and you're discovering it with with them and i just think i'm so fucking good <laughs> damn uh, it all right all right so with adam's pull now we go to my pull list um a couple of mine actually the issues this week kind of cross are crossovers with the uh main civil war event that's going on civil war two um so the number one pull uh, for this week was Civil War Two issue three. Um, if you haven't been, if you've been like leery about the Civil War uh, series, it's actually really good. Brian Michael Bendis, who I always do this every time. I every time I hear the plot of his storyline, I'm always like, eh. and then when I actually read his shit, I'm like, oh my god, this is great. Um, you just can't write a good synopsis is what you're trying to say. <laughs> basically, his stories are really simple or they just don't really sell it very well. Like the right. whole like the last one that I, I was like uh, was uh, his all new X-Men where it was like, yeah, the original X-Men travel forward in time and meet their you know future counterparts. I was like, oh, that's I haven't seen it. that done many. times. Yeah. And I'm like, that just sounds lame. And then I read his book and I read his run. I was like, oh, my God, this is fucking great. Um so that's kind of where it's at with him. But uh, just to give you kind of a backstory as to what Civil War is about, um, uh, this guy named Ulysses was hit by some random energy thing, and it turned him basically into an inhuman. And he, the, his inhuman ability is he's basically a precog at this point. He can sense uh, uh, impending doom. But on a global scale, like a huge mm. scale. So he can't tell somebody's future, but he can tell what the hell is going to happen. Something big is going to happen. And he's been taken in by the Inhumans to help, you know, uh, learn his power and help him try to control it. And in the first issue, uh, it kind of doesn't explain a whole lot, but you kind of get the idea that the Inhumans found that this alien was going to attack New York and lay waste to basically the planet. So uh, the Inhumans contacted Stark, and Stark contacted everyone, the Avengers, the um, every fucking superhero known to man, uh, the Inhumans, the X-Men, everybody showed up to take this villain down. Well, what happened was that um, towards the end of the issue, this happens in issue two, is uh, they Tony, find, Tony and uh, Danvers, uh, Captain Marvel figure out you know what this inhumans um uh power is so then we end up with two schools of thought captain marvel is definitely more of a well he can predict these global events so we can use that to prevent it from happening tony stark who sees himself as a futurist is well the future is unwritten we don't right. know that this is going to happen so we shouldn't be doing these things in the event that they will happen. So you have 
Captain America and everybody else is, and um, the Avengers sides with, uh, actually, the Avengers side with Tony, and Captain America actually sides with Danvers, which makes sense at that point. Um, but what happens is, is Tony ends up getting a call that he needs to come back to, um, to the Triskelion and finds out that Ro- uh, uh, Rhodey was killed and She-Hulk was in a coma because they um, because uh, Captain Marvel and some of the team took on Thanos because the precog had a vision that Thanos was going to cause some severe damage. They didn't go into full details as to why. And in that altercation, Thanos kills Rhodey and puts, uh, uh, puts She-Hulk in a coma. And, you know, Tony's an emotional guy, so obviously he's like, you killed Rhodey. This was your deal, you know. And, um, and then goes and kidnaps the precog. And when he kidnaps the precog, because he wants to find out how his power works. Well, it, now this spills over into issue three, where he finds, where he's trying to find um, Ulysses' power. He kidnaps him from the Inhumans, basically causing an international incident. So uh, the Inhumans and, um, and Captain Marvel and the team go to try to get to retrieve Ulysses. When they retrieve, go to retrieve Ulysses, suddenly they all get hit with a shockwave. And they're like, oh my God, did you see that? At the end of the last issue, it was um, the Hulk laying waste to New York. And in, in one hand, it had a crushed Tony Stark. The other hand, a crushed um, uh, Captain Marvel. And Thor was laid out. She was like, you just saw her lifeless body on the ground. So issue three picks up with Captain Marvel finding David Banner or Bruce Banner in his supposedly secret hideout <laughs> that nobody knew except they all knew where he was. She, you know, con- she talks to him and asks him what he's doing. And he's like, well, what are you talking about? Like, he goes, did I black out or something? Do I not remember? He's like, I have he hasn't had an incident in over a year. And then Tony shows up and Tony's trying to talk to him and he's like, what are you guys doing here? Like nobody's telling him why he's doing that. So they take him outside and when he goes outside, everybody's out there. Spider-Man, Captain America, Thor, all the Avengers, all the Inhumans, they're all out there. And he's like, oh my God, what did I do? Like he has no idea what's going on. And <laughs> Like the dude who got a little too drunk. Right, exactly. And all the homies are there like, you fucked up. Dude, bro. you fucked up hardcore. And this has been the, there's been some note of controversy about this because there always is. Um, so I'm not really spoiling anything if you haven't read it or if you've read the controversy. Um, when he's talking and they're like, you know, you're supposed to do this. He's like, well, based on what? He doesn't know what's going on. He doesn't know what he's doing. Then all of a sudden an arrow comes through and goes right through Banner's head. And Banner goes down. Uh and then everybody tries to figure out um, tries to figure out where it came from once, but they don't need to because the person that did it comes out of the trees and it's Hawkeye. And because yeah, you know it was an arrow, right? And you know Hawkeye puts his hands together and basically Hawkeye goes on trial for Banner's murder because the state is saying, well, you didn't really have any proof that this was it. You killed him, but. He's saying, well, no, because Banner told me he gave me this uh, particular arrow that was designed to kill him. And that if it, he was ever to have an incident 
this would kill me. He was he, basically Banner told him to kill him, which makes sense because we all know how Banner is about the Hulk. Right. He has a failsafe. Yeah. So, um, so it's just it's that whole that whole storyline, and Tony, of course, is even more like distraught over everything. So because now they've killed it, killed they've killed two of his friends, you know. So I thought it was a really really emotional episode uh, uh, episode uh, issue. Uh, really well written, the way it flashed back and forth between everything. And this also causes an even further divide amongst the heroes, because now everybody's like, well, I'm starting to agree with Tony, because, you know, this isn't cool. Because you have the young kids, you know, Miles Morales, uh, Ms. Marvel, and Nova, that are like, um, I'm kind of seeing Tony on this one now. Like, yeah, you know, they're, they're seeing what's going on. It's like, how, what length do you go to preserve what could happen and what might not happen? Because so, then you could start losing your fucking mind. You might make it worse. Exactly. Yeah. So, so yeah, real good issue. If you guys haven't picked up uh, Civil War, I recommend ch- at least checking it out. It's a good series right now. Um, issue number two is Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. number seven. Uh, I haven't really kept up with Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. in the comics because I haven't really kept up with the show. But this issue was the start of a new story. It was a, a Civil War two, and it actually crosses over with Tony kidnapping Ulysses. So it's Maria Hill sends them to go to go find Tony. But what happens is, is that Tony ends up uh, incapacitating everybody except Phil and tells Phil that, you know, something bad is going to happen. And at some point he's going to have to choose a side. And, uh, and so not a huge like action packed story, but actually kind of cool because when I'm reading the story, I'm reading it in Coulson's voice and Robert Downey Jr.'s voice, and I'm hearing, you know, uh, uh, Colby Smolders as Maria Hill. So I'm hearing like this as a movie or a show or what have you. Right. Um, but it, it it's setting up. It's a part one of a new story arc, so definitely setting up. Um, kind of liked where it was going because I've also been following the Civil War line, so definitely a good uh, a good read. Um, the next one I have is all new X-Men number 11. I actually start, I, I started reading this when it was uh, Brian Michael Bendis's baby. Then when he left and then they changed everything uh, after Secret Wars, I fell off the book. But I picked up this one and it's still dealing with the X-Men that came from the, fu- the past to the future. And we're dealing with, um, with uh, past Beast and... Um, What's the other mutant's name? I want to say... Uh, how is this a mutant's name? Oh, I can't remember. Oh, no, it's... Um, uh, shit. Beast and... Uh, fuck. Oh, Evan. Uh, and what happens is, is that... This is a continuing story. And what happens is, is that... Uh, while searching for a way to get a home... Uh, Beast and um, Evan are teleported to ancient Egypt and they come across this one guy who has the mask of Horus uh, and the problem is is that that wouldn't be a real problem or anything except his son is Apocalypse. Mm. So Beast is just trying to find a way to get back home because he knows you can't fuck up the timeline or anything. But of course Evan decides well if I could change Apocalypse we can prevent him from becoming who he's supposed to be. So 
that's what this story is about. And they tried to change some, but they changed a few things. And now they've returned back to, and after this whole story of them trying to get out, the, the comic ends with them returning to the future, but they haven't, dis, haven't gone out yet to find out if the future's changed up. So, and you know when the next issue it is, because of course, because that's how it works out. Um, next one is, I've talked about uh, Daredevil before, but Daredevil issue number nine, the issue eight that I spoke about, I think two couple weeks ago, we talked about that one being uh, Daredevil being kind of this, you know, kind of a casino royale situation, and it ended with him as Daredevil uh, teaming up with Spider Man. So now it's him and spider-man trying to locate these cases now it's a it's a to me this one came on the list because it's spider-man and daredevil you always have a good time when you have both of them because daredevil is very very serious and very much you know introverted and spidey just can't stop talking (laughs) um so it's a it's a really really fun little adventure they have they're going from uh, macau to back to hong kong and trying to retrieve this case and it's it's just a fun story. I enjoyed it, and Spider-Man kind of made me laugh a couple times where they go in there, they go into this one room, and he goes, uh, you know, they fight a bunch of people, and then he's like, why didn't you stop the guy with the case? He goes, because um, I was st- trying to stop guys from shooting you in the back. Oh, yeah, and me too, you know. Um, <laughs> so uh, it's a class, a good classic team-up at the end. So I, if, you, if, you, if you want one of those, that's a good one to get. Last one, Deadpool 15, another Civil War 2 tie-in issue. Um, basically, in this one, it's very similar to Iron Man. The problem is, is Deadpool thinks uh, Ulysses is full of shit. Um, so his whole concept was, okay, he's full of shit. I'm tired of it. I'm going to kill him. So, uh, Just like done and done. Yeah, just like that's it. That's it. The problem is, is that he's screwing over. He put together this team of... Uh, of mercs to make all these scores and supposedly was supposed to cut them in on the deal but he was actually funny funneling the money to fund the uncanny avengers which he's part of so he was double crossing them and they basically figured it out so they're gonna try to take the money or the, the anything of value from deadpool and and cut their losses and run but at the same time, Deadpool is over there going to Triskelion because now he wants to go ahead and kill um, Ulysses. But Ulysses is kind of unfazed by the whole thing because he's like, dude, I've got all this other shit going on and you're here. It's kind of like, you know. And then, of course, Deadpool being Deadpool is like, I'm going to put my gun in my holster, but that doesn't mean I'm not going to kill you. I just <laughs> want you to know that. So they go through this little back and forth. But then uh, Ulysses goes, do you have um, uh, interest at a bank, a bank in New Jersey called um, Ho-Ho Cuss Bank in New Jersey? He goes, oh, my God. You saw that? You saw that future? Oh, my God, that's amazing. He goes, no, dude, it's on TV right here. He shows them these guys are breaking into a bank. And he's like, those bastards. So now he wants to go to try to stop them. But as he's trying to get out of there, he bumps into the Black Panther. And Deadpool snuck his way in there so of course black panther's like um no you you shouldn't have done that and you're coming to kill him you're gonna have to answer for that so there's this big old fight scene between both him and um and deadpool it's actually really hilarious the fight that they have in there um 
But at the end of the at the end of the fight, he makes it to Jersey to go try and stop uh, those guys from stealing his shit. So they're all in this bank vault trying to find the uh, security box that has all this stuff. Then all of a sudden, you see this little thing drop inside there, and they look at it and they're like, um, "Who brought the bomb?" And then uh, Deadpool's on the outside with the trigger in his hand. He's like, "Yeah." He goes. Uh, he goes, thanks for coming by for the team meeting. And he goes, I'm afraid I'm going to have to let you all go. And then they show him with, with his finger on the trigger. And that's where it ends right there. So fun book because it's Deadpool. And it's always fun. So those are my picks for this, my, my pull list for this week. There was a lot actually this week, but those are the ones that I felt. Speaking of there a lot, I have to mention a bonus one for my list that I completely forgot. Mm-hmm. And I feel shitty for doing so. What's that? Was that Aquaman? <laughs> I, did you read Aquaman? Yeah, I did. You know what? It impressed me. Yeah. The, the major reason it impressed me is because it's focusing. Its focus was how the politics of it. Yeah. Where Aquaman's trying to bring Atlantis and the surface world together, and there's an embassy, and people are moving in the embassy. It was it was blowing my mind because it was just it was so interesting to me, you know, to see how that's playing out, and you're seeing some of the prejudices and the stereotypes that people believe in between the two. Um, I think that that fight with him and Black Manta at the end. I think the, the speech he was given during that and how it was just great. Yeah. Like, I, I, I was really impressed with it. Yeah, I'm really curious yeah. to see how where it goes from where it goes from there. And I like how his, um, I forget, I always forget, Mira, I yeah. think, or his wife, how she's, like, just so on board because she loves him so much. Yeah. I don't know why I like that so much, but every time I see it, I'm like... That's that's a fucking keeper chick right there. Like <laughs> that's a ride or die chick. You know what I mean? Like right. it, it's just it's. I'm, I'm impressed. I'm impressed with it. And and I always, I'm always weary about Aquaman because I know he's a great character, but most people don't. So I want to see a book like this that's really bringing, the um the part that he's a he's royalty. Yeah. He's important, you know, and not some dude who just talks to fish which they said in the rebirth issue which i thought was funny where um the narrator of that book who happened to be black manta um said i don't know why people focus on he talked to fish you can't talk to fish they don't really talk (laughs) (laughs) you know i think how they blatantly address that oh yeah that's that's one of the great things about about the whole thing it's even like in that batman issue like that first issue was always like you know it was always addressing like Batman disappears and then, you know, Gordon's like, oh, yeah, and that, you know, or like, yeah, where just, are you? I'm on the plane. Of course. Of course. <laughs> you know, you know, everybody's yeah, like, like it's it's just great. It, it's they, they bring up the old they almost bring up the old kind of uh, standbys that you have with these characters because all of them have their old characters. Yeah. And they kind of just say, fuck this shit. Let's right. let's do something different. You know what I mean? And it's it's just good. I didn't mean to step on. Steve shit and actually I want to read everything you talked about now <laughs> like, it all just sounds really interesting Civil yeah, War sounds like a mind fuck yeah it is it is and it really you know and it makes sense when you start reading it you know and right. you're going through the mind of Tony into the, the mind of, of uh, Captain Marvel so 
really good stuff. And I was uh, one of the issues I wanted to, I kind of wanted to give like some honorable mentions to Guardians of the Galaxy, uh, which also has Venom and uh, the Thing on board. Uh, they had this and Kitty Pride, and they had this thing where all of them had to save, uh, had to save uh, Quill, of course. And uh, you know, it was the end of a story arc, but at, um, so it was. I didn't mention it because it was the end of an arc, but at the end of the episode, Danvers contacts them and tells them they need to return to Earth because she's going to need some help. So obviously they're getting into the Civil War II storyline. And um, another one I didn't put on my pull list, but I've been reading a lot of positive things about it. And I just picked up this issue was Vision. Um, Very, very cool um, storyline that they've got going on right now. And it's dealing with Vision. And if if those of you that aren't familiar with this Vision comic, uh, Vision basically creates a family for himself. So he has a wife and two kids all programmed to have that particular age that they have. And, you know, um, and he's just kind of have that family life. But suddenly his programming has to evolve because he's starting to have those intrinsic feelings of as a parent. And in this last issue, at the very end, people are worried about Vision because he's dealing with the death of a child. Mm. So that that kind of left me. Ooh, well, I you gotta... know what? In in Vision's defense, I don't think anyone is prepared for that. Right. You know, but <laughs> it, that definitely would be um, interesting to read. Yeah. So yeah. I'm gonna probably um, I'm gonna probably look to pick up some of the the past issues and kind of get caught up with that because I want to kind of see where it's gone to that point because it's it seems very interesting and something I want to start checking right. out. All right. So this I know this show's going a little long today because we had a lot to talk about, but um, our last topic is one awesome thing. So my one awesome thing this week, and if you guys haven't seen this, you should. The link is in the show notes. It's the Star Trek Enterprise fan film, Stop Motion, <laughs> one hour, and it is in German, so it, but it has English subtitles. Fucking great. Let's all, let's all appreciate the fact that in 2016 they made an hour-long stop-motion film. Right. Because that shit is fucking hard work, man. Yeah. I watched a documentary like a year ago on stop motion and like i knew what stop motion was but actually seeing them do it you're like oh my god i would have gave up five minutes in like oh yes i would have rage quit so many times you have no and honestly knowing how much uh how much patience you need with it it makes sense that it's in german yeah i'm just saying (laughs) (laughs) that's love though that's love though you know what i mean yeah, yeah, because um, I found this. I think it was on the Nerdist, of course, uh, that mentioned this. So I was I was watching it and uh, took this guy. I think seven or eight years to do this. So the all the visual effects of of course are computer generated. People donating their time to to put this in together, and the, the visual effects are fucking amazing. And the opening credits. Oh my god! If this were the opening credits for the show, it would have been so much better. But all the all the uh, characters are action figures, so kind of you know, looks like Robot Chicken. <laughs> it, it does kind of in a lot of ways, but really really cool. I thought it was it was awesome, and and um, I, I recommend you guys. I didn't watch the full thing. I kind of skipped around a little bit, but uh, definitely. That's give it how a much bit. he loved it. Yeah, 
just kidding. Uh, but yeah, definitely check it out. I thought this was a uh, this was actually really cool and a lot of respect for somebody that's willing to do stop motion animation. Yeah, you're definitely or something a like this. Yeah. yeah. Um. So mine, I was actually surprised at first when uh, with Steve's reaction uh, <laughs> to mine until he explained it, and I I understood where he was coming from. Um. See, Steve has this weird superpower that he actually remembers who directs movies. <laughs> I don't fucking, you know, I don't know. As far <laughs> as I'm concerned, everyone just jumps in front of the camera and gets it done. You know what I mean? Because um, I'm an idiot. So. Oh. What? 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 <laughs> <laughs> the Boy. Dark Knight. The Dark Knight writer. Uh, David Goyer is working with ILM XLAB okay, to create a new virtual reality movie focused on Darth Vader. Lucasfilm announced this weekend at Star Wars Celebration. According to the announcement via The Verge, uh, the VR project will tell a brand new interactive story centered around the iconic Star Wars character, allowing viewers to be a part of a persistent world that has a day and night cycle. Quote, 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 you are the visitor in this story that is happening in and around you. And to a certain extent, you might even have some effect on, Goyer said of the experience, noting that you'll be able to open, push, and pick up things as well as walk around and even touch other characters. I just want to know, can I force choke someone? I want to know if I can punch Darth Vader in the face. <laughs> the project was shown in a brief teaser at the event. And there's no word on exactly when the full experience will be available. Let's say Goyer suggested that wait, the wait won't be terribly long, saying he's really, really excited for a year or two whenever it happens and you guys get to experience what we're working on. So I don't think this is guaranteed to be good. <laughs> but the reason why it interests me is because this is a completely new genre of entertainment right so whenever a new genre of entertainment starts it's interesting and i think that if they could really pull this off it's just going to get better and it's going to get better and imagine in the near future we're we're watching movies with vr headsets and we're actually in the fucking movie right right that would be kind of fucking nuts man yeah you know but we'll see with this one i mean uh Honestly, if I get two into a VR movie with Darth Vader, he tells me to do something. I'm just, yes, sir. I'm fucking <laughs> right. <laughs> he got me fucked don't, up. I'm... <laughs> don't got to tell me twice. <laughs> you need me to shine your shoes for you? <laughs> need me to dance for you, sir? <laughs> Whatever you need. Uh, all right. Well, thanks, everyone, for checking out this week's show. You can subscribe and get the show every Monday. Download it directly to the listening device of your choice on iTunes, Google Play, or Libsyn. You can stream it now on TuneIn, Stitcher, and iHeartRadio, as well as our YouTube channel. And if you're old school, you can still go directly to the website, lazygeeks.com. And while you're there, bitches, uh, <laughs> comment, of course. Let us know what you're thinking. Let us get into your mind a little bit. You're in ours a lot, so... <laughs> uh, yeah, just comment and all of those things. I don't know if iHeartRadio has comment sections. I don't think they do, but they do have likes. So if you give it a thumbs up they and do like that it, too. Yeah. Yeah. 
likes, comments, tweet, retweets, uh, shares, uh, catch us on Pokemon Go. I don't know. <laughs> Whatever works. Uh, and also, you can catch us on social media. Uh, Facebook.com slash The Lazy Geeks. Google Plus, Twitter, Instagram, Snapchat, all under the name The Lazy Geeks, one word. And last but not least, the email. The Geeks at The Lazy Geeks. And you can find me on the interwebs on Twitter at a middle-aged geek, uh, Instagram middle-aged underscore geek, or check out my blog themiddleagedgeek.com. And also be sure to tune in on Thursday when we will drop our the Cheap Seats podcast. This month's topic: Batman v Superman: Dawn of Justice, the Ultimate Edition. And as we said last week, in case you missed that, that we're not going to discuss the whole movie because. That'll probably be eight-hour podcast. Well, right I also there. think it's been discussed to death. <laughs> We're going to discuss basically what the uh, the additions, um, the restorations, whatever you want to call it, and how they impacted the film, and whether it's it's for better or for worse. So that will be on Thursday. So that is it for us this week. So until next time, peace out. This has been a production of the Lazy Geeks Network, available only at thelazygeeks.com. Goodbye.